guess I play semi-pro, right? No, man, you worse. You Sunday League. All right, hello and welcome to the Sunday League Podcast, your home for all things MLB and fantasy baseball. Uh, today we've got a special interview with Drew Needham of the Western Carolina Catamounts. Um, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and jump right in. Drew, if you want to just give us kind of a general intro, who you are, what you do, what you play, um, and we'll go from there. Uh, yeah, my name is Drew Needham. I play for Western Carolina University. Um, it's a Division One baseball program in North Carolina. Um, I play first base, left-handed hitter. I uh, played this past summer for the Martinsville Mustangs. And, uh, nice. yeah, glad to be on here. Awesome. Well, cool. Yeah, he's also um, my cousin. Well, if you want to go ahead and jump in, he's <laughs> also cousin Kale Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Legend in the making. Um, yeah, I guess first thing would be just kind of give us a review of your season personally from this past year as a team. Um, you guys did have a coaching change, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But just kind of a review of, you know, how you think you guys did. Um, the, the record didn't, the record wasn't good. Obviously we didn't, we didn't win a Southern conference championship. So that was our goal all year. Um, we, we came up short of our big goals, but about halfway through when we were having like a bunch of injuries and a bunch of our, like, we didn't have the same pitch and rotation, I would say for more than three weekends in a row all, all spring. So it was really hard to get any like consistency on the mound. Um, we were having guys in and out of the lineup. It was really, really tough to get any just traction and momentum built up because like guys in and out of the lineup, guys in and out of the rotation, you didn't know who was going to start, who was going to close, anybody in between. So it was, it was a tough season. I think it was more injuries and stuff like that that got a hold of us. Um, but yeah, the the coaching change. It was definitely a different pace, but it was it was a new it was a nice new um, perspective. Yeah, where where did that awesome. coach come from, Drew? The coach came from Georgia Southern. He was the hitting coach at Georgia Southern, but before that, he was the hitting coach at Western for probably I think it was like eleven years or something like that for a while. Oh, wow. And he played at Western, went and played pro ball, and mm-hmm. then. Got hurt, got released, came back and finished his masters while he started coaching as like the volley at Western, and then um, and then ended up getting the the hitting coach job for a while, and then went to Georgia Southern and then took the head coach job over. Gotcha. Nice. Very cool. Sweet. Yeah. So I guess um, next question would be just kind of how did you end up at Western? What was recruiting like for you? What did it look like? you know, as far as showcase ball, getting recruited out of high school, what was what was your kind of approach to recruiting? Yeah, so showcase ball was easily some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Like, everybody was there that, like, I played for the Dirtbags. Um, we were, like, our, always played on, like, the top team in my age group. And in our age group, we had the most Division One commits in the history of Dirtbags, actually. So... Dang. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I hit three or four hole every day between, like, our leadoff was going to ECU, our two hole was going to state. I went to Western. And then we had another guy going to UNC. The guy went to Oklahoma State. Like, we just had a bunch of dogs on that team, and everybody just wanted to win. Like, 
our team motto was JFW, which means just F and win. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. it was, that was pretty much, that was pretty much the whole thing. Like we won a couple world wood bats, um, a Wilson premier down in Florida, and then ended up getting, uh, getting second place in Jupiter. But it was, nice. it was a lot of fun. Uh, recruiting started pretty early. It was before the new rules came into play. So like the new rules are, you can't talk to schools until August 1st year, junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started talking to some teams going into my sophomore year and ECU was the first team that I started talking to, fell in love with them, went on a couple of visits and everything. And then pretty much I had one more visit and they told me they were going to offer me on that visit. But then the whole recruiting stuff happened. Um, the, the whole recruiting stuff happened and we uh, ended up stopped talking until pretty much August. And then had to restart that. Um, I talked to like NC State, UNC, App State, um, who else? ECU, obviously Western, and um, went on like Auburn. went on some visits to NC State, UNC, like Auburn. Yeah. So Auburn was. I fell in love with Auburn because first time I ever went down there, I got. 50 yard line tickets to an Auburn LSU football game. Wow. Salad. And so yeah. you, that's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was a, it was like you get there, get there Saturday morning, you tailgate all day, like free food, whatever you want. Like they're just leading you around. Got to go tour their facilities. Um, Josh Donaldson has like hooked them up a lot. So has Frank Thomas. And mm-hmm. he, um, they just have sick facilities there. And, um, talking to them for a little while and then Western being close to home. Like I'm a small town kid, never really been like the only reason I ever traveled was because of baseball really. And so, um, recruiting, talked to a different couple different schools. Um, and then got like some preferred walk on stuff, but then never really like had anybody really pull the trigger on me and went to Western. It felt like home on the visit and, um, the coaches knew a lot of people that we knew from back home and stuff. And they basically gave me a good enough deal that I couldn't turn it down, especially with coming in, knowing that I could compete to play as soon as I got there. Like there was never any talks about red shirt and never any talks about needing to develop and stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Now with you, with you playing with the dirt bags, what'd you think of uh, honest opinion about y'all's uniforms? Like the camo, the yellow camos, and all that kind of stuff. Did it was it crazy? Was the uni combos crazy when you played with them? Yeah, we. Um, my screensaver for the longest time was a picture of me and a. Uh, it was a black jersey with like a digi camo band around it, and then it said dirt bags in the middle of the digi camo band with uh yellow, black, and white digi camo pants. And I loved them. <laughs> like, yeah, we. It was, I, I've always been one to want to have stuff that other people haven't. Like I've always liked customizing cleats and gloves Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because like look good, feel good, play good. And if you're going to go out there with some outlandish stuff on, it's going to catch the eye of like scouts and other teams. And then you're going to have people following you around and you got to, you got to ball if you got people like following you around. So yeah, it was just. I guess it just added a little bit of extra pressure. Like you don't want to be 
the guys that show up looking like douchebags and then play like crap. Like, <laughs> you got, yeah. might as well back it up yeah. if you're going to look like it. You yeah, know? that's hilarious. I guess in that same vein, so what would be your favorite jersey from Western? That's a hard one. Um, we, so we were we were um, we were Adidas my freshman year. We had some all gold jerseys that we would wear every Sunday. It was gold jersey, gold mm. pants, and those were pretty cool. But they felt like you were wearing a carpet. <laughs> like they were the thickest really? jerseys ever, and they were high pants. And I'm a bigger dude, and I don't <laughs> look great in high pants. So we. Uh, <laughs> So we moved to Nike my sophomore, and then this past year we've had Nike the last two years, and we have a um, we have a black jersey with a cat head on the chest, and mm. then uh, just the number. It's it's pretty simple looking, but it looks sick because the the way they fit just makes you look so like it makes you look big. Because yeah. the <laughs> yeah. sleeves are kind of short, and it's like they, they fit really well. Hugs you in all the right but places. I guess the. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, the the most the most classic looking ones we have that that are just like you can't beat them. Like anytime we wear them, or it's like the all white with the purple pinstripe that just yeah. says Western Carolina across the front of yeah. it. You can't beat that with a stick. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, cool. Um, I guess getting past yeah. recruiting, you're obviously at Western. You played a few years, and then Coach Miranda retires, and then you've got you know new guy coming in what is what's kind of the feeling in your head but also the feeling kind of across the team um well our initial thought was pretty much everybody in my class since we were juniors oh well like rising juniors at the time we had just finished our sophomore year it was right when we got back from the conference tournament after sophomore year and new guy coming in like i haven't put up the best numbers ever but We've had other guys that have put up good enough numbers to leave and stuff. So we basically all talked to each other. Like, I didn't know if I was going to stay. A lot of other right. guys thought about leaving. And it was like, our the the guy that came in, Coach Beck, he called us, like, called the, the sophomore class, like, rising junior class, and was like, we need y'all. Like, we don't right. – we're not going to be bringing in 40 dudes. I love Western. I've followed y'all. Like, he told us his whole spiel and everything, and we were like, all right, we'll ride with you. So, he gained our trust from yeah. day one, and he's he's lived up to every word he said. And he has been yeah. an awesome coach. Like, he doesn't – he's not one of those – like, Coach Miranda was a baseball guru, like a defensive guru, and he loved to talk. Like, he would – he every situation he would find some way to, like, make it a teaching moment. But Coach Beck is just like, this is what we're doing today. And then if we don't do it right, we're going to do it again. But he's not going to find reasons to, like, make things take longer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's huge. Going back to you saying, like, um, you know, him calling you and saying, like, listen, we need you. Because I went uh, – like, I played at Averett small D3 school. But we had a coach change after my freshman year. I'll never forget the coach – like, I went to the field to, you know, work on ground balls and hitting and stuff, and he was there. And I was like, you know, what's your plan? He said, I really don't care if you stay or not. Like, if you want to leave, you can leave. And right then right then and there, I knew I was leaving. <laughs> like, not because – not, not <laughs> like, it's not that, like, I needed him to need me or anything, but, like, that's a trust between coaches yeah. and players. And um, yeah. 
And like, I don't know. It just, it was the way he said it mainly. Like, I understand that mindset of like, you know, if you don't want to be here, you can leave. But at the same time, like, you know, don't be a, a douchebag or you're not going to, and, and I mean, look at Avery now, they can't keep players, um, which he's gone. So he didn't last very long. I wasn't surprised about that. I mean, I, I think, an, a, I think another big thing is like, obviously in baseball, if you don't have confidence playing, you're not going to do worth a crap. Right. Like if you, if you question yourself for a second on the mound, on, in the box, like even fielding a ground ball, catching a pop up, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to happen in your favor. Right. So, like, as you keeping confidence in yourself is huge, but also like having that confidence, like backing you up from like, you know, your coaching staff believes in you, then that, that's going to help you even when you're struggling. Yep. Right. Yeah, co- almost confidence put into you, even though you might not have it. It, it helps a lot having a coach put confidence in you. For sure. Casey, now, with you Western being kind of like your – yeah, I was going to say with Western being kind of like your lower-level D1, um, would you, are you all really into, like, the analytics or do you all have, like, the track man? What kind of resources do, do you all have kind of like at a lower-level D1 that's still a really great program but mm-hmm. isn't obviously like an SEC or an ACC school school yeah. – um, what kind of uh, things do y'all have that, that kind of separates y'all from the big schools, but um, it still makes y'all very competitive? Yeah, they don't have the funding that the big well, schools Well, I mean, have. like, obviously all the big schools, they'll have – Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I was going to touch on was, like, a big school can put – like, a, a track man, I think, is fifty two or $58,000. Yeah. And right. you set up you set up a track man on the field, and then, like – the bigger schools, when we played at Tennessee, we went and hit in their cages because it was raining like we didn't take on-field BP. Went and hit in their cages, and they had a track man behind every one of their cages, and it was six cages. Jeez. So, I mean, that's I've never seen a track man in my life. That we've seen just for hitters. And, <laughs> and so, like, that's, what, right at $400,000. So, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't have the resources and stuff to sit there and do that. I mean, we have a we have a rap soto, which I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure y'all have seen that to where it's like the yeah. portable thing. You set it up however far from home, and it'll tell you like exit right. velocity and those mm-hmm. numbers and stuff. We have one for hitters and one for pitchers, and then like we'll take mm-hmm. it into the cages like when it's rainy and stuff. And the really fun days mm-hmm. are like we always like in the off season we'll have like challenge Fridays, where it's like who can hit the most line drives in a row. Or, like, who can hit the most balls over, like, 93 in a row? Or, like, who can have the highest exit velocity today? So, a lot of that stuff is fun, and it's competitive, and it, it makes you better. Like, so, yeah. that's how that's how we use the stuff. We don't sit there and be like, oh, oh, no, I hit the ball at 18 degrees at 101 miles an hour, and but I slightly top spun it. That's why it got down in the gap instead of me like hitting a perfect backspin ball at that same, like the same trajectory and everything. And then right. it possibly coming out at 21 degrees and then being a homer. Like we don't sit there and look at that. And it's like, if you, you know, when you get a ball and you know, when you don't. So yeah, right. I right. think it's like that kind of stuff is really just overthinking, but you'll also look at like certain stuff that pitchers have and you'll be like, this dude has a really good spin heater. So like, you got to be like a ball above it. Stuff like that. So, gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. So, y'all are like really, do y'all dive deep into like scouting reports? 
of teams that you're playing, like pitchers um, and hitters and all that kind of stuff too? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, when you go into a game, like we have synergy and then we have like track man reports from other schools and stuff like that because if you're playing a school with track man, they have to share their track man reports, like their numbers and stuff with you. So um, it's like you'll get pitching like more in-depth pitching reports and stuff from teams that have track man than teams that don't. But also like synergy will tell you how fast every pitch is, what pitch it is, and we'll show you like locations and all that kind of stuff. So we go like hitting reports more off of well pitching reports for hitters. I can't really speak to what pitchers do a whole lot, right. but as like me as a hitter, we always go through pitching reports before every game on the starters and like the relievers that they think they're bringing in and they'll show us video on them, what they like to throw, like what they like to throw in certain counts. And then like, say a guy is in, he gets behind an account a lot and he always comes right back with a heater. If he's, if he's down an account, then obviously you're in a game, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm one Oh, or I'm two Oh, instead of like a guy that has a lot of all speed stuff, that's just going to flip something in there. Right. It's like, no, he's going to try to cram a heater in there and use gear up for it and let it eat. Very cool. So do we want to talk about hitting? Um, I know we've been talking about it, but yeah, I was going to say, Kelly, you want to hop in there? Seems like a good yeah, um, because like Drew, like I said, we're cousins and stuff, so we've talked hitting throughout throughout our lives, especially you know, thanks Thanksgiving when we're the youngest by about fifty years. Um, <laughs> like me and you have two, because you, I've told you, like the most impressive thing for me with you is your backside pop. Like your first collegiate home run was a left over left left. It wasn't even left center. It was like left field. Whereas me, I got I didn't have that. Like I literally stood on the plate. Like literally, I mean, my toe was like almost t- was on the line, and I just looked to pull everything. Like if it was outside on the plate, it was down the middle for me, so I could hit it up the middle. Like talk about, and we've talked. Like I said, we've talked about this off camera, but like the advantages of your approach, letting the ball get deeper, you know. Um, and it helps you adjust in off speed and everything like that. Yeah, def- like I've always trusted my hands a lot. Like I've faced dudes that are throwing like 97, 99, like the hardest pitch I've ever gotten hit off of was 99. But like, I've always trusted myself in a fastball. Uh, fastballs don't like really get me out a whole lot unless it's like somebody that just can dot it wherever they want to and have stuff to mix off of it. But like I had to learn in college to give myself more room because guys that throw with velocity and have control can dot a heater in and you have to jump it. And then sometimes like I've always been a guy that likes to get his arms extended. So like, getting off the plate a little bit, getting my arms extended and learning how to use the whole field has been like a huge advantage. Like growing up a Braves fan, watching, watching Freddie Freeman hit, like he doesn't pull a whole lot and you watch him take BP. I mean, he doesn't, he might hit one ball to the right side of second base and it's not on purpose. Like he's trying to stay inside of everything, hit line drives the other way and stuff, and then just trust his hands in game. And I'm not that over exaggerated about it. Like, I always just try to stay through the middle of the field and just try to like backspin the ball through the middle of the field. 
and then if I pull it, I pull it, and if it goes a little bit more left to center, then it goes a little bit more left to center, but um, yeah, just really focusing on staying inside the ball and then giving myself enough room to um, to get my hands extended. Who would you say that you model your model uh, your swing or your or your game after? Um, who is the kind of guys that you looked up to uh, growing up and stuff? Growing up was always Big Poppy, just because he was a big lefty, like big lefty. They just hit bombs, and he was just he was so clutch. Like I remember watching him in the postseason when I was little, and just the the look in his eyes whenever he would go to the plate, I was like there's no way you can beat that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, just look in his eyes and tell me that he's not getting a hit right now in this moment. I mean, you couldn't do it. Like, he he was never scared of anything, and it was always like it was a fight between him and the pitcher. So I always loved watching him play because even though he wasn't, like, known for crazy hustle or crazy speed or anything like that, he never took a pitch off. So yeah. – it was always it was always nice to watch him play, and then I would say in today's game, probably like I, maybe like a Matt Olson. Like obviously, I don't have forty two home runs this year, but <laughs> um, we uh, no like I mean he he punches out some. I mean he, but he has pop and he uses the whole field, and he has a very simple swing. Like he doesn't really ever look rushed. He, I mean, he's a big guy that uses his size to advantage. So I use my strength to my advantage and just try to keep everything as simple as possible. And plus on the defensive yeah. side of things, like he's always one of the best defensive first basemen in the league. And I take, that's one thing that I take a lot of pride in is being able to mm-hmm. defend the baseball and take runs away from other guys because that helps your team every day. Yeah. That's good. 100%. That's yeah, it does. Awesome. First baseman, first baseman matter. Thomas and Casey, you stupid middle yeah. infielders. Hey. I I was corner infielder until I played club ball, and I was the most athletic on the team. So that's why I'm, I played shortstop. But I'm mainly, I'm mainly talking about Casey. <laughs> I was going to ask one one last question. Um, what what's one stadium or one team that you just love going and playing against? Or I, I heard that you mentioned you went and played at Tennessee this uh, past year. What's the stadium or, or an environment that you just love playing in? Um, well, I would say my, my like, the coolest one for me so far was um, when we went and played at UNC this past year. I mm-hmm. started there, and um, I had – I live 45, 50 minutes from UNC, so um, – yeah. I mean, I had a had a bunch of family there, a bunch of friends there, and um, a couple of my buddies that like play like at UNCG and A and T and stuff. Um, they were they were there because they didn't have a midweek game that day, so they drove down to watch. And it was just it was cool having a bunch of like family support and everything there. And I grew up yeah. a UNC fan, if y'all can't tell. Um, <laughs> so we. So this has been, I mean, it was like a lifelong dream just to play in a college baseball game there and ended up getting to do it. And so it was, it was a really good time. But one of, I would say the craziest environment, like obviously UNC baseball game, they pack out pretty much every game there. It was, it was loud, but it wasn't, we, we went and played a weekend series down at Oregon state. 
this past year and oh, wow that was loud like it was it was the last regular season weekend and it was just it was jam-packed everybody was in there and they had this australian kid and i'll never forget the chant they had this australian kid leading off for him and he was a demon and they every time that he would step into the box they go ozzy 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 and then like one side of the stadium would say that and then the other side would go oi 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 and then i was like (laughs) dude like this place is shaking right now and he hasn't even like seen a pitch yet but (laughs) we played we played tennessee the last year well we played them every year that i've been in college but like um not this past year but the year before when they first broke into number one, it was their first time being number one in however long. And right. we played them literally the day after they got named number one in the country. And there was right at six or 7,000 people there for a midweek game, like on a Wednesday night. And yeah. stadium was shaking. Like Ben Joyce came in to throw. And as soon as they heard his like pitching song start, it was just like the place erupted. And then, you see this guy where you've been watching him on wheels for the last three weeks, throw a billion miles mm-hmm. an hour, coming to the game, and we could hear him warming up before we saw him warming up. Jeez. And he was warming up behind the right field foul pole, and we were in the third base dugout, and all you hear is pow. And I thought I, I legitimately <laughs> turned to my buddy in the dugout, and I was like, was that a gunshot? And they go, I don't know. <laughs> and then you hear it again, and I was like, I think somebody's like lighting something up in the bullpen right now. And then we see like, we see this dude like kind of walk down and grab some water. And I was like, God, he's huge. That's Joyce. Here he comes. But thank God I hit the end before he came in. I, I hit the end before he came in, hit a single up the middle. And that play, I got booed for hitting a single up the middle. We were getting beat like nine to one or nine to two or something like that. Like, Oh, I was like, dude, what the heck's happening? But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. So you played against like Drew Gilbert and stuff. Yeah, I got to watch uh, Drew Gilbert, Jordan Beck, um, like face Philip Lindsay this past year, which was a first round pick. Uh, I mean, just pretty much anybody that's played for them in the last three years I've played against. So yeah, that's awesome. Outside of Tennessee, who has been, like, the most – either, like, most intimidating person to face or just, like, a player that, like, every time you guys play um, just seems to have a day against you guys? Um, I, th- I think it's been a different person every year. Like, there's just one guy that we can just never get out. And my freshman year, um, it felt like – who was it? It was Max Pinto from Samford. He was, you know, freshman year it was Towns King. Towns King torched us. Ended up going to Oregon this past year. And then in the tournament, we couldn't get their leadoff batter, um, Max Pinto, out. He ended up hitting a walk-off against us in the SoCon Championship game uh, that year. And then um, last year, it was – like this past year, it was a kid from VMI that I think he hit five homers in two games against us, and then the Sunday game got rained out. Like, Jeez. 
I think he was like seven for nine or something like that with five homers and two doubles. Like, yeah, just put him on. Miss a barrel. Like my stat line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What's what's your uh, what's your walk up song? <laughs> um, I so this past summer I did like a joke one at first. I did the area code song from TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like the lobster and pasta, yeah. So and so, I did that as a joke, and then started kind of mashing with it. So I left it for a while, and then started struggling, and then uh, moved it to a reggae song that's uh, "Welcome to Jam Rock." Okay. So I think that one might hang out for a little yeah. while. That's a bop. He had he had the uh, goat summer league. Song. I guess, I guess. Which was uh, Texas? Ever heard of it? Oh, okay. I can't, I can't sing on. the lyrics on this Come podcast, on. but I, I did do that. I did that for a <laughs> got to keep it clean. Yeah. I, um, I did that for a week and didn't get a hit all week. So I, <laughs> I just, I was like, no, this one isn't working. It didn't work like, like it did for Kyle Tucker for you. No. Oh man. Uh, I guess one question I have is just like, what was your experience with summer ball? Cause I grew up in Wilson, North Carolina, where we've got the tops from the CPL. So I guess like, what was your experience? Uh, within like that level of a league um i i've absolutely loved it so i've i played there all summer this past year and then played the second half of the summer last year there um it's just i mean every day you know you're going to go out and be facing dudes that can like throw strikes they're it's going to be firm like you're facing some of the best arms in the country um so it's it's a lot of fun it's very competitive like they're great atmospheres to be honest with you like we went and played the last game of the season in um in norfolk virginia at the peninsula pilots and there was right at five thousand people there yeah and that place is yeah that place is a lot of fun to play at the tri-city chili peppers is a lot of fun to play at and um there's just a lot of good crowds like even we went to we went and played down in wilson on a tuesday night and there was yeah. i mean the place was packed out so yeah yeah, I see, I see the schedule your mom What's had, had uh, written out. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's um it's very competitive. There's there's a lot of good ball players. Um, you're definitely going to be in front of scouts every day. Like there's there's plenty of chances to get picked up and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind. Of, I mean, that's kind of a perfect segue into the next question of like. Seeing playing in front of scouts, seeing other guys getting scouted, seeing yourself getting scouted. Um, what's kind of the experience like? I know over the past few years, a couple guys from Western have either gotten drafted or signed free agent contracts. So, I guess, like, what's kind of that, you know, as a teammate, what's that experience like? And then, what is, you know, I guess for you, like, what are you looking forward to in the next year of as far as like, okay, can I get an opportunity to play at the next level? What does that kind of look like for you? Um, I mean, as a teammate, it's one of the coolest things ever because you, you like know going in like who the best player is pretty much, and who like really has a chance of getting drafted. <laughs> what are you doing? Dude, I'm, I'm, so, fight, I'm fighting for my life. This uh, little desk. So, <laughs> for my life, I'm fighting for the kill me with this stuff. <laughs> I'm a big man. Anyway. Okay? You can't count on Kale for anything. <laughs> Chance. But we, so 
we yeah, I mean, coming in my freshman year, um, Justice Bigby was an absolute dog. He ended up getting drafted. Um, just going to the cage with him every day and basically just like jumping on his back and being like, show me how you work and show like show me how you do things because he played the game the right way. He wasn't like super loud, wasn't flashy at all. The kid just was a grinder and it paid off. And so I've taken a lot of the things that he taught me and it was more of just like how to carry yourself, how to work every day, how to basically it's like, off days aren't off days. It's just you can actually do what you want to do that day. And right. so it's more of more of learning how to use your time and especially like time management because high school baseball, you're at practice from 3.30 to 6 and then you go home. But you right. don't like – you don't have a chance to go down there early, hit extra, like stay after, go to the training room, take care of your body, all that kind of crap. So um, seeing, seeing guys work the way they do and um, – more of their more of their mindset it's not really a talent thing because everybody there is talented it's more of seeing how they view the game of baseball and how they carry themselves because we all know that baseball is very mental and so watching how they deal with failure and move on from it so um yeah that's what i've learned from them and then on uh, my side of the thing like talk to the twins um talk to the Mariners and talk to the Braves. And so it's, um, it's been pretty cool. Like I was, had a chance this past year to, um, possibly get popped if I had a really good year in school ball and just didn't put it together. I mean, it, it happens. Everybody struggles sometimes. So, um, hopefully I can turn around and really, I mean, I was, basically putting way too much pressure on myself. Like I had these goals. I was like, you got to be on pace for this by this date and all this kind of stuff. And I was putting way too much pressure on myself. I was thinking about stuff that was weeks down the road whenever I was in the box. And it was just like, you got to be here right now. So that's kind of how I played all summer. I had a really good summer and um, got back talking to these guys and then went to, um, and then like going into, going into the fall, obviously, Pro day, hopefully have a good day, and then um, keep talking to these guys. Hopefully have some like, not really trials, but like workouts and stuff like that with them over winter break, like hit for them and stuff. And then hopefully I have a good year and get a chance. So, yeah, very cool. So let me ask you this, because obviously we all played D three, so we never got these conversations. Um, when you're in, when you're either on the phone call or in the room, what what does that conversation look like? Uh, speak for yourself. I try. I had a workout um, with the Texas Rangers. Yeah, Thank ahead. you very much. <laughs> True story. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not BSing. Yeah, in in person. Prince Fielder Part Two. All right. Yeah, we'll, well, no. I, it's listen. It's over now. What is that? What are those? It's definitely. It's far. Coming? It's far from over now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you woke up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no! So like the. Basically, like, they'll reach out to your coach, and then your coach is okay. like, hey, these guys are going to email you or text you or something. And right. so um, they you fill out, like, the email questionnaire, and then you talk to them on right. the phone. And basically, like, for the longest time, like, they've already seen you play or they wouldn't be talking to you. They, they know the kind of player and stuff you are. They just are more trying to figure out the kind of person you are. And so right. they'll just sit there and talk to you about life. I mean, it's not really, like – 
they'll ask you a couple questions here and there about baseball and stuff, but it's more of like they're talking to your coaches and like they'll even email some of your teammates and be like, what kind of teammate is this guy and stuff like that. So yeah. that's, that's more of the, the level that I've gotten to. I'm just like obviously played in front of a bunch of them playing like for one of the top teams in the country in high school. Like some of my friends that were on that team got drafted out of high school um, playing like in the CPL and playing it like in a higher level of college baseball, you're going to play in front of scouts a lot too. So, right. I mean, they've, they've all seen you play. They just want to see, they just want to try to figure out who you are before they draft you because a lot of the time they they'll take a little bit less skilled baseball player for a better person because they know that those people are going to last longer. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And real quick, um, just, I want to give, I want to give Drew some flowers because am I proud of him as a baseball player? A hundred percent. But Drew, we talk about your walk with Christ and cause he, he, uh, he led FCA this year, this past year for uh, West Carolina. And, and he told me an awesome story about his, some of his teammates. Um, and if you, if you, if you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. But um, that's, that's something that I'm, I can't tell you how proud of I am as an older cousin. Um, and I just, like, we talk about that for a while before I, before I get emotional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got some tears coming in the pot. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that over the last, um, I'd say year and a half. So since pretty much the end of my sophomore year, um, I've grown leaps and bounds in my like walk with Christ and, pretty much after my sophomore year, like I was always a believer and I always was like, I would go to church when I had the chance and stuff like that, but was never really in like the forefront of my life. And I was like, I like baseball is very fleeting and it's something that we devote our lives to for so long. And then just finding, finding that that wasn't fleeting. That's something that we'll always have. Right. So doing that and then, taking over with um, FCA and being one of the leaders this past year, it was, um, it was really life-changing because I always like, I never really like went out of my way to talk to people about Christ. Right. Like if we were at church, I'll talk about it and stuff, but I never talked to my teammates about it and I would never try to give advice out of the Bible and stuff like that. But the last year and a half, two years, I've really just been like pushing myself to share the gospel more. And mm-hmm. I understand you're always going to have some people that don't believe or don't want to be a part of it or anything like that. And you can't, you can't do anything about that, but the, the people that you can like help and help bring to God is awesome. And I ended up having um, seven of my teammates get saved this past year at um, FCA rallies. Yeah. And that was uh, me being one of the leaders. I was up helping out and everything. And we were, um, so we were like at the end of one of the guest speakers things and the first time it happened, it was four of them. And, um, he was like, he was like, and if anybody in here tonight would like to get saved, um, please raise your hand and I will say like, and we'll say like the prayer together Four of my teammates shoot their hands up. And I was like, I was just looking <laughs> around and I was like, Oh my goodness. And so I like, I was basically losing it on the inside, trying not to try not to act like it was a huge deal or anything, which it is, but it was my first time ever like 
bringing people to Christ and really like seeing them give, seeing other people give their life to Christ because right. of something that I helped out with. So it was really neat. Very That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Do you think that brought like a different, I mean, obviously like a different change relationship between the two of you, but like a different dynamic within the team, having, you know, multiple guys kind of coming around following Christ and, and, you know, being teammates at the same time. Oh yeah, for sure. We, um, we actually had a team Bible study that we all, we all know how a, like one of the three day weekends are where you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, everybody's tired mm-hmm. as crap on Sunday mornings. Nobody wants to get out of bed. Nobody wants to get to the field early. We would have probably like 15 to 18 dudes on average show up an hour before BP started to um, to do a Bible study on Praise Sunday God. mornings because we weren't able to go to church together. And like even on, on the road, I mean, we would we would go before like our team meetings. We would go to the meeting room. We would like meet in the lobbies of hotels. Um, it was just it was really cool to see like everybody wanting to be flexible to get in the word of God and yeah. using every opportunity we had to share stuff. A couple of my teammates and I had a um, had a group chat all summer where we would take turns each day sending our like we would send our devotional in and use that as like a mini Bible study. Like every day we would send our similar yeah. reading in and then send commentary with it. And then like the next dude would do the next day and stuff like that. And we would just yeah. hold everybody accountable by doing that. So. Man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's very stuff. cool to hear. Yeah. Cool, man. Sweet. Kelly, you got anything else? No, right now. If you start talking, you're going to cry. Yep. Hey, we get it. We get it. Um, well, Drew, man, we really appreciate it. It's been awesome. Uh, been cool to get to know you a little bit. Um, just hear, hear kind of your story, hear your heart behind a lot of things, recruiting baseball um, and Christ as well. So we really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more in the future. But, yeah, that's about all I got. Casey, you got anything? Just good luck this this coming season. Yeah. Uh, wish nothing but the best for you. And, uh, and yeah, man, get after it. Go win a championship. Yeah, I need you to have a good year yes, so you sir. can get drafted. It, guys. Thank y'all for having me on. And I can uh, ride your coattails. <laughs> you can live up vicariously through them. Yep. Hey, Kel and I have already made a deal that if I ever go play pro ball, he's going to be my body. <laughs> Nobody's going to mess with you then, that's for sure. Well, cool. Well, that's about all we got, but I uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Love you, buddy. Um, we'll be back again next week, I guess. Yep. Sweet. Appreciate it. Love you. Bye.